the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, episode 167. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, on to the show. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? Okay. I am... I just got back from a very, very long walk slash run. I I almost texted you because I thought I was going to be late, (laughs) but I squeezed in right at the, at the time we were supposed to start. (laughs) How is your running going with the mask situation and people on the trail? I know you had talked about earlier and during when the pandemic started that. Mm, Yeah. I don't exercise with a mask on. I just don't, I can't breathe. And, and it's essential to breathe when you're exercising. You need to get a good, I've heard (laughs) need a good inhale, (laughs) inhalation of oxygen. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I do not wear a mask when I'm outside exercising. However, I do maintain social distance. So, um, you know, it's so funny, like, because I have run almost every single day that we've been in, um, uh, so, and, um, lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I have, I'm a, an observationist and I have noticed that, um, the only, that there is a certain human that will come at you exhaling very rapidly and will not budge, um, from their path. And those are usually white men. They will just come right at you. And I'm not saying all of them. Sure. There's a few that don't, there's a few that will, that will cross the street, but it's usually like a a younger white man will just come right at me. And like, I, so then I'm the one that has to cross the street or has to, you know, kind of run out into the middle of the street. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But for the most part, like the elderly and, and I, well, and I don't, 
I don't make an elderly person move around me. I move around an elderly person and I move around moms with babies. And, you know, I, I'm usually the one that will, will cross the street and, and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, men will just come, they will not deter from their straight path, just sweat and breath going everywhere. And um, so I, I find that interesting. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, when I, like I run if someone's chasing me, Sandra, I, <laughs> that's it. That's it for me. Um, but I told you how I was starting to exercise again. And I just want to be really clear. I did that one day. So I'm going to need to work on it. We can talk about that when we get to health. Um, but um, yeah, things are good here. Grady, uh, my son finished school. So he's here and he might be weed whacking while we're recording. I'm hoping that's not the case, but we're going to see what happens. So far, there's not been early starts in that department. So well, I need we'll just get moving down. on. You don't want to discourage a teenager from doing yard work either. We absolutely don't. But today I know is going to be a check-in episode. So I know we're going to be covering uh, some of these things. I know normally we kind of do this in the beginning of the show, but I think we're going to, let's talk about, I was thinking we would talk about creativity, uh, then sobriety, and then health, and then family. Is that all right with you? Kind of do it in that order? Okay. Well, um, I just, before we start, I want to say we received um, really nice comments and notes about our episode from last week that we kind of, you know, um, our episode 166 called We Can Do Better, where you and I discuss, um, you know, how how we're working on being anti-racist. And just, I want to say, I I, I appreciated having a, a a partner to talk about that stuff with Sandra, you, and um, it felt like it calmed my nerves a bit. I was very nervous to use my voice and to speak up. And I know that's all part of the process, but uh, it felt good that I could do that with you. Oh, good. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. I think that that's how any, that's how we, anyone affects change, right? It starts with a conversation Mm -hmm. with your family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm in my head so much, you know, um, as we all, you know, as we all are. Um, and I felt like, uh, just having the permission to get it wrong before I could get it right. That's hard for me. That's really hard. And knowing the work that we've done in recovery and knowing that, 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 yeah, we're going to fumble quite a bit and we're going to sit in discomfort and that the world's not going to end. So it was good. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think that helped me kind of rip the bandaid off for me so that I could get more comfortable talking about anti-racist issues and being a louder voice at my Thanksgiving table when people say things or at, you know, at the store or at the post office, when I hear people saying things, I, I don't, I'm not going to be quiet and scuttle out anymore. Um, I'm going to try to find my voice and, and add something um, to the conversation. Mm, so, right. I'm working on it. It'll be slow, yeah. but it'll, at least it'll, I'll be aware. I'll be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, we know this in recovery, right? You can think about recovery, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's more than an intellectual exercise. It requires action. Yeah. Yeah. um, Someone had said yesterday, I was on a call and they talked about awareness, action, acceptance, and accountability. And having those guide you kind of as we do some of this work, this anti-racist work. And I was like, oh, that, 
those those can apply for many things. So yes, the the recovery work that we've done um, or that I've done, I know I can use towards um, towards the, this work now. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to thank you for that and for our listeners and for letting us, you know, do what we did and just talk honestly about what was happening for us. Right. Yeah. Again, thank you for letting us have a very inadequate conversation <laughs> and, and hopefully, you know, and obviously not the last inadequate conversation. So yeah. we'll keep, we'll keep having, we'll, we'll continue to be imperfect, but keep trying to do better. Yeah. Yeah. And so today, I mean, uh, we're going to try to do things and, and, um, on the show, it will evolve and change in our guests. And we're still figuring all of that out. Um, but today we thought we should check in because it has been a minute. Um, I was off of the show for all of May and you did these really beautiful author series and interviewed authors of new books. And then last week we addressed Black Lives Matter in a, in a dedicated episode and, um, and what we could do better. So today we thought we would just check in about the four things that we like to check in about. And so, yeah, let's start with uh, creativity. This yeah. is a show about the intersection between creativity and, reco- and recovery. So yeah, do you want to like get me up to speed what's been going on? I know lots has been going on with you, so I'd love to hear what's going on in your creative world. Yeah, I, um, let's see. I was thinking just in the last like 48 hours, I have changed my story about something. (laughs) So, yeah. So I have been fervently, prolifically making like every day um, since we've gone into quarantine. Wow. And I have either been in my studio I've been stitching something. I mean, I, I made probably 250 masks. Um, wow, Andra, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, that I, and I've probably shipped 60 packages of masks out um, in the past couple of months. Um, I've been making caftans. I've okay. been. S- yeah. Can we just talk about that for a second? <laughs> I've made gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. And they are so, um, I mean, they just describe ever like they encapsulate everything for me, recovery, life, every, cause, because they're patched together with, mm-hmm. with, you know, unexpected, um, patterns and colors and, um, and these individual elements create this one, you know, come together and create this one, you know, beautiful new entity that they weren't before. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of layered meaning for me. Yeah. But in, the, in my kimonos, you know, kind of have the same thing. They're basically the same thing. They're just structured a little bit differently. But, um, and I have just been making, 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 and, and, you know, the story that I was hearing in social media, especially in the beginning of quarantine was, you know, um, it's okay if you're not productive, you know, and all that. And, and I, I, I was almost making myself feel guilty. Like, where are you deflecting Sandra? Are you just, is this a form of disassociation? And, um, but then I started thinking about it just in the last 48 hours. And 
Um, you know, I am in my Enneagram sevenness. <laughs> I go to great lengths to avoid pain. And I always have. Mm. Not that I've never disassociated. I mean, that's that was my number one um, survival tactic was to coping mechanism was to disassociate and you know that's why I used alcohol and um, so it's not that I have not engaged in that behavior I do often but I think this making is has been different this like just fervent making that I've been doing has, has been different if anything I think it has forced me to sit with pain, sit with discomfort. Um, it has, I've embodied it even. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and as a result though, you know, yes, I have been channeling it into a, into a creation, into a creative act. Um, but it's not been a deflection and it's not been disassociation. If anything, think it has forced me to be still and with my hands really, really embody the pain and suffering, the collective pain and suffering of the world right now. And so, yeah, so I've really changed my story about that. <laughs> um, it's huge. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, and I was thinking, I was almost like, you know, oh, bless your heart, Sandra. You know, it's like that. Uh, it's probably not, you know, um, not a new idea. I'm sure there, there's lots of people that, are, that create and make and say, duh, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what I do with my pain. But that was just a, that was a light bulb that kind of went off for me just in the past 48 hours. Cause I've really been, I'm the work and it ties back into the anti-racism conversation, this work that I'm doing right now, like the books that I'm reading and, a course that I've signed up for. It's um, like what exploring, like what does it mean to be in a white body? What does that mean? It means a, a whole lot. Believe me, it's nothing that I can tell you in a, in a sentence or in a, in under three minutes. Um, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a year long study for me. I think I'm embarking on this um, course, but um, what does that mean? And um, in, in thinking about that, I was like, yes, I'm embodying, I've been embodying this collective discomfort, this collective pain. Um, and again, that may be obvious to a lot of creatives, but that, that was a, that was a, a, a moment for me. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I could drop in and feel that and know that information for a minute, but to really sit with it, like you're saying, to be embodied. You've said that several, I, I wrote down when you were sharing about the caftan, that the caftan embodies recovery um, for you or that it symbolizes that. And, and then you, you've said embodied a few times. It's like, that's different than just dropping in and visiting someplace for a day or for two hours of making or, but to actually physically have that be you know, I think your awareness and what you're about to embark on and their studies that you're going to do, um, I'm excited for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Me too, because it's a place that I have not, it's a new, it feels like a new frontier, which Mm -hmm. sounds so, I mean, I've walked around in this body for 51 years. Why would that be a new frontier? But it, um, you're ready for it, right? mm -hmm. You've been training for it for these last six years, right? I mean, you're coming up on six years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny, like the work, um, somebody sent me, um, a friend of mine from the program sent me a quote from James Joyce that said, uh, Mr. Duffy lived a short distance from his body. And we talked about like that for a long time, that was me. And and even now in, in recovery, I can live a short distance from my body and get outside of myself. But like, sounds like what you're saying is like to be embodied, to be in alignment, right? Mm-hmm. To be, to be on the, on the same page with yourself. Right. And your body. Yeah. I don't, that's beautiful, Sandra. I love your work. I love what it symbolizes. I've always, that's what I was attracted to kind of the work you were doing and how you take these um, pieces of beauty all on their own. Right. Right. And then how you do put them together, like you said, like a patchwork and it becomes its own. I think the caftan, I love your kimonos obviously, but the caftan, I was just thinking when I saw your pictures yesterday, how you're kind of like slipping it over your body when you're putting it on. Oh, and they do baptism. Yeah, they and they do water, Mm -hmm. and they really do feel pretty lovely. I've got to say, I've got to say, and they're just feminine and mm -hmm. and sexy. Even though they're they're they they fit any any body any body type. Mm -hmm. Um, and they you know and 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 it's not like they hug the body. Is if anything they they. Um, shroud the body <laughs> right kind of cascades over the body right it's just but there's still very you, you just yeah I mean I feel very just sexy and feminine in them and and, and the, probably that has something to do with the fact that they're made out of silk too so they feel really good on the skin yeah but um yeah I'm very they're very fun to make and every time I finish one I feel like I've birthed a new child and and they <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so are they anyway up the are they, up in they are oh, it, they are all up in my marketplace um at the unruffle.com there's a marketplace tab there and they're all there right now and i'm just i'm adding to them as much as i can the only thing is that i'm getting a little nervous is i'm kind of running i can't believe i'm even saying this but i'm actually running low on scarves because normally once a week i go out and and hit a couple of thrift stores and I'm always like replenishing my supply, but we haven't been able, I haven't been able to do that, which is fine. It's forcing me to just go through my whole inventory. But at the same time, I was like starting to have this little bit of a scarcity feeling like, Oh, I'm going to run out and I can't go shopping and what's going to (laughs) happen. Getting a little itchy. (laughs) I had got on eBay last night and I was like, all right, who's selling scars on eBay? Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, they're so beautiful, Sandra. Your work is really beautiful. And I'm glad that it's all kind of, um, I don't know. It's just getting more, more clear to you, right? Your path. Like you're taking a path here with this class and getting into your body. So it feels like, yeah, again, it never ever feels like, I mean, if you look at all the different things that I do, you might say, those aren't 
how are they connected? But I feel like I'm going, I'm becoming more integrated instead of more scattered. I think to an, another person's eyeball, through another person's eyes, it might look like uh, just these disjointed ideas. But for me, it feels like more and more like I'm zeroing in on some kind of bullseye. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, so that's it. I mean, I have uh, m- other things that I could talk about, but none of them are really done. And they're all just sort of, you know, I pick them up and, and play with them mm-hmm. when I, when I feel called. And so, but what about you? What about me? Uh, so I have not felt called to, I, well, this is what I told myself before, when I was getting ready for the show. Like I haven't really felt called to create um, this whole time during the pandemic, um, probably because of my personal life and some other things that I'll share later in the show. But I have not felt that urge to um, to get out to my studio. I've been pretty much, my routines have been in my house on the floor in the morning, um, on uh, at my desk in the living room i really being home and inside of my home has been very um good medicine for me just to kind of be uh, keep my house tidy um keep my routines intact get enough sleep i've been making good food so all of that has kind of been how i've been tending uh, rearranging furniture that's my creative act but um so I, i've been doing that but then i when i i thought well is that true like, is it true that I haven't really been doing much? And then I wrote a few things down. I was like, no, that's not really true. So I did launch my proof of life um, project class for the year. I have 28 students and it's small. I was hoping for a hundred, if I'm honest. And um, I really wanted to try to build a community. But when everything started happening at the beginning of the year with, the, with this um, shelter in place, it felt weird to promote myself or to promote the work. Um, I think I shared a spiritual teacher told me like, you're not promoting yourself. You're promoting um, healing work and that you're helping people with art and and, um, to find beauty. So I went ahead and launched it in March and uh, have a nice group of women. And for June, we've been meeting every Sunday before we have our unruffled call. And um, that's been nice. It's been really good to kind of, um, the work lives on the website, you know, but they get that we get together and we're getting to know each other. So I really appreciate that. Um, but I realized that I had made this commitment um, last year when I turned 49 that I was going to paint 50 paintings by the time I was 50. And so I have two done, Sandra. I want you to know my birthday is in two and a half months. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, I mean, I really got off course. I really thought I'd start like in January at the beginning of the year. And then January is January always a full month and it was full. And then things started settling in with the virus. And I realized that if I really want to uh, keep my word to myself, I need to get busy. So last week I started yeah. five of them. <laughs> Right. And I would, I, you know, sometimes I have this master plan for things and what do they say about making plans? Like mm-hmm. God laughs or something like that. So I am, I thrive and I do well with accountability projects. So I knew I needed to kind of get myself back in gear and just be like, just focus on that, Tammy. I've been, I've been wanting to make these, I call them accidental paintings and just paintings I don't think about. I think some people call them intuitive paintings. Mm, um, mm-hmm. But with my accidental ones, I was just usually cleaning a palette 
and randomly putting color and I didn't give it any thought and they turned out beautiful. Well, of course, now as I started this project, I'm thinking a little bit too much. I'm thinking oh, right. the result. I'm thinking about what it's going to look like. Well, and since you have to do this sort of at a pace, I mean, can you like, I would, I mean, I'm not a painter, but I would think that to do, to, 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 um, execute that, you would have to do it with a quickness. <laughs> you would yeah. not be able to linger long. No, that's what, so I've given myself a week to do five and I think that should get me where I need to go. Um, yeah. And I have a couple of, you know, they're not all going to be just these accidental paintings. I have a couple of ideas for abstract landscapes. I have a couple of ideas for geometric paintings. I have a couple of ideas. So I just threw those ideas up on my, the wall in my studio. Um, this week's just random. I just picked three colors and said, let's just start and let's just see what happens. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm going to try to stay accountable and I'm going to, I'm going to share it how I do on Instagram usually, and just see that helps me. That helps me. So we'll just see what happens with that. And the last thing I wanted to say is that, um, I sold a couple of paintings in the last few months. Cool. I sold one huge one from my geographic series. Um, it's been hanging at the coffee shop in town and they've been closed for a few months. I was, I was showing my work there for the month of February and it was supposed to be done at the end of February, but my work's still there and it's June. So they have kind of reorganized their coffee shop. You can't have coffee in there, but you can get it to go. Um, anyhow, someone saw a painting, a friend of a friend and reached out and it was the one I didn't want to sell, Sandra, my favorite. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, well, I know that I need to let the work go so that new work, cause I haven't been wanting to paint. Yeah. And I feel like that whole series, I, I ended that series with a panic attack and I stopped painting. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I was like, you know what, maybe I need to release them all. And really release them, not just put them for sale and be like, I don't want to sell that one. So I did, I sold it and I just retained the rights to use it for um, prints and um, on my website. So uh, I felt really happy. And then another, a small painting called Shift I sold uh, to a listener and she shared her story with me, which was really beautiful. And we've been kind of going back and forth with email and she told me why she bought it. And I just love the connection, Sandra. I'm sure mm -hmm. you can with the women that buy um, you're one of a kind, um, caftans and kimonos. Absolutely. And yeah. work. Like it feels like a, it feels, I feel connected to the women that have purchased my work and I don't know, it's just felt good and it's getting me ready for the next thing, you know, oh, to, to let some things go. So yeah, that's oh, that. good. That's a, that congratulations. That's, that's thrilling. I love to sell my work. <laughs> right. Well, I need to make some money, so I'm going to be a job that pays me. So I need to get busy here. So yes. <laughs> Although, more. you know, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, everything I make, I would keep and wear a hundred percent. So, you know, if it sits in my, in my inventory for too long, yeah, I'm, you'll see, you'll, you'll see a photo of me on Instagram and on <laughs> at a party or something because I'm eventually going to wear it. But That's um, right. no, it makes me so happy when, um, women buy my, buy my creations. I love it. It's like my favorite thing. And 
then share with me. And oh, know, I know. I love, I love seeing women buy your creations <laughs> and wear them. <laughs> Fix me. <up. laughs> oh. All right. Well, that's a lot of creativity. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens over the summer too. I'm always kind of uh, it's fertile for me in the summer. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. So I'm hoping Good. that's the case. <laughs> Um, sobriety. Let's talk about, um, what's going on with your sobriety? Well, you mentioned it, but I am, you know, Sandra willing, uh, and you know, higher power willing, uh, coming up on, yeah, six years of sobriety, which is, um, I don't have a lot of thoughts about it really, like, Mm -hmm. except that, um, I don't know. Like I was thinking the other day about, you know, when I first got sober and I remember having a friend that like shortly after maybe coming up on my year or something or sometime around there, she, she celebrated six years. And I remember thinking, God, that's seemed like such a big number. Right. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And so, um, and here I am almost there. It's a big deal. I know, I know. And, you know, of course, Facebook's doing that thing that it does. Oh. And I've noticed now too, where it's like, I start it, you know, if, if you check your memory thing, um, on this day, whatever, you know, it'll, and so I've, it, you know, it gives me all those little clues, like leading up to, um, my day one in 2014, uh, you know, reminding me all of those things that I was doing Mm. and um oh yeah (laughs) boy weren't the clues there (laughs) yeah those that memory feature is like a blessing and a curse (laughs) (laughs) I mean yeah um yeah they were they were there um yeah, there's like a picture of of a wine glass like next to a really pretty homegrown tomato and just mm-hmm. all yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, I have I, yeah, I get that. Staged <laughs> into like a flat lay. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> art, Sandra, right? It used to be yeah. art. Some this beautiful. Yeah. There's my poison uh-huh. in my tomato. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some nights out that Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, but honestly, besides that, I feel like, um, everything is just, um, it's all just deepening. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I will say is that I've, um, a couple, uh, about a month and a half ago, maybe a month ago, um, started working through, um, the uh, Many Roads, One Journey book with mm-hmm. a group of women from our Unruffle podcast, oh, yeah. Facebook podcast group. And there's just a half a dozen of us. And um, in that book, it's written by a woman named Dr. Charlotte Castle, and it came out in the early 90s. It's a phenomenal book. Like, ahead of its time. What's like, the name again, Sandra? It's called Many Roads, One Journey. Thank you. Um, uh, it's moving beyond the 12 steps. And at the be- end of the book, she has re- kind of, not 
rewritten the 12 steps, but she's written a new set of steps and there's 16 of them. Mm-hmm. And um, they do uh, encompass the essence of the 12 steps, but they are, um, uh, they use new, she uses very empowering language Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, um, that, uh, it's again, we're just right at the beginning of unpacking them and we're moving. We just finished step two. And as we're going through the steps, the steps are not, they're at the very end of the book. She, Mm -hmm. so there's like a whole book of just such wisdom, um, leading up to the steps. So we're, you know, we're talking about concepts of the book in general and also doing the steps. So we're, um, we just finished step two. We're moving on to step three and, um, God, we're having such good conversation. So we have like an email thread going and then we're doing a Zoom call, uh, an hour long Zoom call every two weeks. And, oh, it's just been so good. It's been so good. And it so ties into everything that's happening right now. Like I said, this book, um, there's a lot of current recovery books um, on the bookshelves of Barnes and Noble that um, borrow a lot of ideas that Dr. Castle presents in this book. It's really phenomenal. Um, it talks about, um, race and recovery and, and women in recovery and, um, um, uh, systems that, that, um, conspire to, you know, make us addicted. Mm-hmm. And it's just so good. It's such a good book. I, I, um, I recommend it. Oh, and yeah. it's really, yeah, it's making me come back to working on sobriety again, which is something that I just, you know, it's so integrated now that I don't actively work on it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, until now it's kind of made me come back to, you know, working, working on it more and kind of deepening, um, my experience. Can you tell me the doctor's name one more time, Sandra? Yeah. Her name is Dr. Charlotte Castle. It's K-A-S-L. Charlotte Castle. Thank you. Uh-huh. I think, I think I heard, we talked about that briefly when we interviewed Falky, right? Mm-hmm. She's the one that introduced me to that book and I, I had never ever laid my eyes on it before. I'd never heard anyone talk about it. Not that they haven't, not that people, not that, not that no one has ever talked about it. I, it just never registered for me. And she also wrote another book called women, sex and addiction that I have on hold at the library. So as soon as I finish many roads, one journey, that's going to be the next book because her work is, is really, it's, it's modern and relevant, even though she wrote it, um, uh, you know, in the early nineties. Oh, thank you for that reminder. I know I, I couldn't join that group at this time. It just felt like a thing that I just couldn't add. Um, but I, I know I would benefit from that as well. And so I'll check out the book. Thank you for, for reminding me of that. And I'm glad that you guys are getting together and doing that work. I mean, I, I love this kind of stuff, right? I just, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a, 
It's so powerful to be with other women who are on the same journey. I appreciate that. Yeah, it really is. I feel like we have this sort of, yeah, it's just, again, I can't, I don't have a lot of language for it because it's just the beginning of it, but I feel mm-hmm. like that this, yeah, I don't know where this will go, but I'm, I'm excited about it. Well, just the title. Our journey Any together. Journey. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It. So it's hard to say that because you're on it right now. Right. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, let's see. Sobriety for me. I'll share. I was just looking at my quit that app. I haven't, I haven't looked at that in a long time, Sandra, and I'm approaching 2000 days without alcohol. Um, that'll happen in about a month or so. And I remember when I hit a thousand days and I was like, wow, that went fast. (laughs) Although, you know, in the beginning, it always feels so slow with sobriety and counting days and um, but it was funny to look at that, but I, it looks like on my app, it says I've saved $39,206. Wow. I had like a $20 a day drinking habit. Um, so that's how much I put in there. And that was an average, you know, because sometimes I would buy expensive wine and sometimes anyhow, doesn't matter. That's a lot of freaking money. Right. So what are I doing for my sobriety? Um, the biggest thing for me, uh, I've done 90 meetings in 90 days. I've done more than 90 meetings actually in 90 days, but in the 12 step program, that's encouraged, uh, from, from a lot of people. When you first start working the program, my sponsor never suggested that I do 90 and 90 because I was already seven months sober nine months by the time I met her, nine months sober. So I don't think she was worried that I wasn't going to drink as much as perhaps if I were brand new. Uh, I can't really speak for her, but she didn't suggest it to me. And when I started getting sponsees, she would say, well, did you tell him, you know, suggest 90 and 90? And I said, well, I never did that. She's like, well, you were at a different place. And I was like, yeah, but I never did it. So I'm not going to recommend it. I, I don't have that experience. And I have to tell you, Sandra, doing 90 meetings in 90 days has made a huge difference in my emotional sobriety. I know for a fact, like it has just helped me so much with all that is going on around me and in my life right now that I know by getting up in the morning, reading my prayers, uh, I'm still resisting meditation right now. I don't know why, but I am. And doing my little tea ritual and going to my morning meeting and taking notes I write down the daily reading every day and it's kind of like I leave it open on my desk and it kind of, it always seems to pertain to my day in some way. Something hits in some way that I can kind of extrapolate from that. And it's been crucial, I think, to just keeping me sane. And uh, I have lots of lessons I've learned in there about people and meetings and Zoom technology and the different way that we're doing things and personalities, just like I do in the room. Um, but for the most part, I've calmed down about all of that. The first few weeks, it was a little unsettling to meet in meetings on Zoom for me, about three weeks. And it's hard for me when people are actively drinking and coming to meetings. It, it is hard for me. It's very triggering. It's very distracting to the group. But I've learned to kind of sit with that too and reach out and try to have a solution or help. Um, so anyhow, I just the whole thing, going to meetings has just been really where my sobriety has been at. And uh, the concept, my mantra lately is to just accept what is. And I have that written everywhere. 
uh, I can't control much right now as you can, you know, no one can. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's been helpful. And then the last thing I wanted to share is that I've been drinking non-alcoholic, I don't know if it's, I don't, they don't call it beer, but like a, it's called hop water mm-hmm. by Lagunitas. And I, in the, in early sobriety, if anybody's listening, that's earlier in sobriety, I kind of couldn't do mocktails. I couldn't do anything that was like fake alcohol. Cause it was too much for me. I was like, what's the point? Like, I right. just, but I have to say these last, this last year and a half, maybe two years, I've really enjoyed this hop water. It's kind of effervescent, has a little flavor to it. Um, and sometimes I'll go, Oh, it's like $8 for four. That's too much. And then I was like, okay, look up. I just told you how much I saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can treat myself to a four pack or two a week. And, um, my son drinks them too. Um, which I'm okay with. I told him if he goes to a party and he wants to take some, you know, to take that instead of feeling pressure to drink. Um, so he occasionally will have one with me. Um, and I'm not too worried about modeling anything like that you need to drink, but, uh, I don't know. That's my sobriety world. Meetings are kind of where it's at for me right now. And, um, and fellowship texting people in the program and having text threads with people who are on the same path. That's good. Yeah. So that feels good. I'm surprised at how sturdy I feel. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel super sturdy as well. Good. Um, let's see. Health. 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 Well, okay. Going on, you want to share? You know, sure. So, <laughs> so I haven't seen a doctor in uh, two years. Uh, oh, maybe wow. longer. Maybe longer. Yeah. Uh huh. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that? I I feel too good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very good reason, Sandra. <laughs> like I'm calling in well. I don't need a doctor. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't know. It's, it's one part stubbornness, probably one part fear and one part, uh, procrastination. Mm. Um, we switched networks like two years ago. And so I lost my doctor that I'd had that helped get me sober and all of that. And I loved her dearly. And, um, I have just been, I found a doctor for the kids. My husband found a doctor. Everyone has a doctor in this new place, except for me. And cobbler has no shoes. mm -hmm, (laughs) Yep. And I would, I would go and look at the list and go, you know, and just sigh, heavy sigh and just like, Oh, not today. And so, but now I am having an issue Hmm. (laughs) and it is forcing me, it has forced me (laughs) to make a doctor's appointment. So I just had to randomly choose a female that, um, and just completely randomly choose a female and, um, I have a doctor's appointment next week. But, um, so everyone save it. You don't have to fuss at me. I get it. I've, I know I haven't had a mammogram in a couple of years, but I don't have anyone in my family that's, that's had breast cancer. And I know that, and I do my own self-examination. I'm, I feel like I'm in very in tune with 
things in my body occurring. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing I have had is a, um, well, it's, I guess it's officially called a frozen shoulder. I like tweaked my shoulder. I know exactly when I did it, probably Mm -hmm. like a year and a half ago, I was doing a back bend (laughs) and I kind of tweaked my shoulder, my left shoulder. And, um, it's just, there's been some like dull pain there for a while. Like if I moved it a certain way, like, uh, you know, then that would be a bit of an, you know, like acute pain, but can can we just back up for a second? Yes. You were Mm -hmm. doing a back bend. (laughs) Yes. I was doing a back bend. For what? Just because I like doing back bends. Yeah. I was kind of on a, like a thing where I was going to, um, yeah, I was trying to learn how to do, uh, uh, a handstand. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, but I like doing back bends. Like it feel, felt good to my back, stretch my back out that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I tweaked my shoulder and, uh, maybe ripped something. I don't know. I've no, I have no idea. Haven't seen a doctor. Haven't gotten, <laughs> haven't gotten okay. an x-ray or an MRI. Here's the thing in the last couple of months, since I stopped doing Bikram yoga, I think the Bikram oh. like activated it again. Oh. And, um, you know, when we went to quarantine and I was not doing, going, you know, do, doing yoga three times a week or whatever, the pain set in and now it's like acute, like it keeps okay. me up at night. Mm. Yeah. And so it's time. Hi, it's time to go get the shoulder checked out. Why not have a doctor check out the shoulder? Because that's what they do. And so (laughs) the, you know, maybe what exactly is just ripped apart in there (laughs) Um, (laughs) because it hurts. There's some pain. Can I, okay. So I'm not a doctor. I think you know that, Um, (laughs) but I'm going to ask you a question. So Steve had shoulder pain and he plays tennis and he had, and it just would not go away for forever. Yeah. And Apparently he, it's a thing. They don't go away for a right. It doesn't go away. However, he started using CBD cream, which mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the show, but he, he, um, he swears by it now. Okay. Cause I've he went to the doctor. That. He went to the doctor. He, he, um, which he resists going to the doctor. He's like, what are they going to tell me? And, and it right. really didn't I'm help much way. other what than to put do? him on, uh, some pain pills. And she was like, he was like, Nope. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I have to say he, he was, and he's a huge skeptic on everything. And he was like, I just thought, what's it going to hurt? So his, his tennis coach just said, um, have you tried acupuncture was the first thing he did. And Which so, I have appointment today, by the yeah. way. When yeah. And then, and then the CBD today. cream and he did both and he to great success. Okay. See, so hopefully I love to hear that. Yeah. And you know, who knows what this doctor, I, again, I'm skeptical of most Western doctors. I am, I am a hippie to the core <laughs> and I just know that I'm going to hear something about surgery and I'm going right. to say, I don't think that's going to happen. And they're going to want to give me pain pills. You're right. All of the, all yeah. of the above. And, um, so I just have to advocate for myself, but I do have an acupuncture appointment today as well. Oh, good. But you know, I do need to just find out what it is. Like, what is it exactly? And also find the like, doctor. What is, yeah, is, is something ripped in there or something? Right. Because again, on the health front, I think I'm through menopause. I think I'm post. Oh, I think I am. I think it's been so a year. Much. I've been horribly not keeping track, but I'm <laughs> almost positive. It's been a year. 
Yeah. Since I've had my last, since I had a last period. And so I need to get that blood panel. Yeah. Um, just so I can know that for a fact. It's right on time. You're and, right on time, Sandra. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm postmenopausal. I think I'm done. Um, I Dallas, actually <laughs> hardly ever have a hot flash anymore, but I still take black cohosh. I ladies, it, I am a firm believer in this supplement called black cohosh. Um, what do you put it in? How do you, what is it? It's a pill. Okay, I take okay. a couple of pills. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta take my thank you for the reminder. It does it. matter um, the quality of the black cohosh. I've noticed, like the last bottle, not the current bottle I'm on, but the one before. I couldn't find it at the store, and then I ended up finding it, and it was like a kind of like a cheaper, mm-hmm. you know, it was a less expensive brand, and it didn't work as well. So I think the 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 brand matters, although okay. I can't really recite a brand to you, but I think the bottles are generally about $12, 10 or $12. Okay. And, um, but it really helps with, um, hot flashes. Like okay. I've not had to do bioidentical hormones. I've, I think I've made it through. I think oh, I've come out the other side. Good for you. Mm-hmm. I have not come out the other side. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm done. Oh, that's good news. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Um, growing up, I was always led to believe that menopause was this bad thing. And over the last few years and through recovery and learning more about, you know, the crone, I think you and I have talked about that. And I've read a little bit about the crone archetype. And um, yeah, I welcome it. I welcome it. Yeah. Uh you know, you can't stop it. Right. (laughs) Well, right. It's just, it's like a, there's a beginning, which is your menstruation when you start. And then there's an end. I mean, it's, it's, it's part of life, which being in acceptance is, is, um, is a journey as well. So yeah. Right. I think that's what I'm ready for it now. Like accepting it as opposed to resisting it, Mm -hmm. I think will only do favors. Accepting Um, what is. Exactly. (laughs) That's the key. So that's, I think that that's pretty much it on the health front. We've, our, our swimming pools have opened back up. Our Barton Springs has opened back up and I've gone swimming once and I'm so excited to get back in ice cold water. Yeah. Um, I love swimming. Yeah. So that's it for me. What about you? Um, a couple things. So since we're on this thread of, um, of periods. Um, so mine are still happening. They're kind of moving around dates on me, which is I'm trying to track things so I can just kind of see and when to expect them. But this was the first month that I, um, like Saturday I got into a funk and I got into bed around noon and I didn't really get out other than to, um, I think I told you on the Sunday call to make nachos at like 10 30 at night. So that was my indicator because I like salt um, sweet. And I want a carbonated beverage, like all at the same time. So mm-hmm. I've been noticing that when those cravings come and I'm in a funk, probably gonna have a period in a couple of days and like clockwork, you know, it arrived two days later. So, um, but for me, since mostly ladies listen to this show, I'm just going to get to it. I feel like a freaking middle school girl who starts her period all the time. I'm constantly like, I can't figure it out to have enough, <laughs> 
um, the right underwear, the, the right size tampon. Like I'm still, since I didn't have a period for 15 years, mm. I had an IUD for 15 years, three different ones. It's like, it's like I'm brand new again, Sandra. <laughs> I'm constantly going, oh, I got to change my pants. Okay. Oh, I got to, you know, just things. I'm like, when are you going to get this down? You're almost 50 years old. But not having a period for 15 years um, was really nice. Mm. Was the byproduct, I didn't have migraines anymore and I, and I didn't have a period. Um, but two years ago, again, when the whole panic, anxiety attack things were happening, I was trying to figure out my body and I couldn't figure it out because it had been um, suppressed for so long. So I'm grateful for it, but it's very humbling. And it's very almost as I laugh going like, yeah, I'm a 14 year old girl right now. Um, so that's still happening for me. No hot flashes yet. So we'll see. But I want oh. to say that my anxiety has been in check. I have not really had any kind of episodes. And I, again, go back to what I shared about sobriety is because I feel like I have a really strong foundation that I'm creating in the mornings. And if I get off kilter throughout the day, I can restart my day at any point. I'm kind of really trying to adopt that and thinking like, okay, start over again, hit the reset button, go take a hot shower, do whatever you need to do to kind of get back to baseline. But my anxiety, I, I did have to take some beta blockers when I had um, a, the fire department come up to my house last weekend, which I shared in the call we had on Sunday. Um, that was very stressful. And I was getting really anxious because the CO monitor was going off and I, you know, the levels kept rising and then it was a false alarm. So I did have a little bit of anxiety and I took a beta blocker, which is non-addictive. It is prescription. But I've noticed that when I take them, it really helps kind of calm my heart rate and just keeps me calm. So my health, I feel like my health has been really good. Um, my mother's health, I've been helping her. And she has, I think I've shared on the show, and I wanted to give a little follow-up. Um, I guess that could be in family too. But uh, I just, I traveled to Arizona. So I drove and I stopped twice for gas. I really tried not to have any contact with people being very mindful of everything, masks, what hand washing, all of that kind of stuff. I was very paranoid before I went. I had a lot of fear about going into hospitals and doctor's offices, but I didn't really have to. Um, they, she, they wouldn't let us in anyway. So we kind of deposit her. She goes in, she has a mask. They take care of her while she's in there. And then she comes out and we take her home. So um, she only has three more chemo appointments to go, Sandra. Mm -hmm. And her type of cancer is throat cancer stage one. Mm -hmm. um, and there's an 85 to 90% success rate with the treatment. Mm, good. And I talked to her last night and she, sound, she sounded um, lucid and clear. Um, and she sounded good. She sounded good. I, um, she had a stroke a couple of months ago. So that's been just having a hard time with accessing language. And sometimes she can totally be fluid. Mm. And mm -hmm. other times... Um, it's harder for her. But that was, I thought, really going to affect my mental health. I really thought that was, you know, staying in fear. Um, and instead, I got into action and service with her, which is always a beautiful kind of response rather than fear, you know, to try to just mm -hmm. do something about it. So for me, even though things have been challenging at home, challenging with another person's health, I feel, I feel really sturdy right now with good. my mental health. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, okay, the show, we kind of wrap this up. Uh, we have family mm -hmm. still to touch on. So 
Family. Family. Okay. Well, I guess the biggest thing with my family right now is that we're getting ready to move back into our house. So we've been given the 30 day countdown. (laughs) Our house is getting close to being done. I was just, um, when I went for the, my long walk this morning, I walked over to our house and, um, the cabinet guy was there. And, uh, so he's finishing up the cabinets and the, I guess he's doing all the cabinets, the bathroom cabinets and the um, kitchen cabinets, but the, the cabinetry's in, it still needs to be finished out and the tops need to be put on and all that. But I mean, it's coming along. I think that they're going to, yeah, they're going to crank it out. Um, our lease is going to be up <laughs> soon here at our rental. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's got to happen. Um, I can't believe so, it's been a year. Wow. So nice. I know we're all so ready to get back in our house. Oh, we're so ready. Um, so, you know, that's probably it. That's kind of the biggest thing. I mean, you know, family is a weird thing to talk about right now because sure. I'm sure it's like everybody's weird thing to talk about because we're so like in, you know, on top of each other. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, proud of us. I think we've done a good job about trying to uh, use our listening skills and (laughs) respect boundaries and allow people to be emotional and all of that. Um, And we're not, you know, it's not perfect. Um, But we've done our best. And, um, you know, I think Max is, my son is, is, and he's continued therapy on telehealth and my daughter, we've managed to get kind of, you mentioned the pod thing. We've kind of done that with her and one friend that she's gotten to hang out with kind of on a regular basis the last couple of weeks. So, um, and so that's helped her immensely because she's very social and, um, she, she had, was really suffering at the beginning of the pandemic. And, um, so she, so that's been good. She's gotten, at least gotten to see one friend and they're doing TikToks and all that crap, whatever they do to be Mm -hmm. social media, social, And, you know, and then my son got to see a friend this week and got to skateboard and, um, and then my husband's just been finishing up on, on our little house projects that we've got going. So anyway, um, I'm probably the one that's seen the fewer, fewest friends in real life. And, and honestly, I've, um, that's, I've, been suffering a bit myself. I, I, um, I miss people <laughs> Yeah, a whole lot. And, uh, yeah, but, but we, um, yeah, I, and I've been taking care of my mom too. She yeah. had some knee surgery and she's in a rehab hospital right now and can't even have visitors, which is great. Um, so they're keeping us safe for their clients. And, um, so I'll be 
gathering her up when she's ready and taking her back to her apartment, getting her settled back in at some point, but I'm just hanging out with her too. I just, yeah, yeah. I miss people. I miss human touch. Yeah. I miss human touch. I miss, yeah, I miss holding hands at the end of the circle at my meetings. I miss hugging people when I see them at the coffee shop, you know, Mm -hmm. um, for a long time, I didn't have touch in my marriage. So I would on the third of every month, which is my sobriety day, I would get a massage and so that I could be touched, you know, and I don't even have that. So it's been very, um, my, my kid and I have been hugging more, not the same thing as a partner, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't mean to get weird about that, but um, I've found that him and I have been hugging more and talking more and laying on the bed, you know, in his room, sometimes I'll just go in and sit at the end of his bed and he's like, we just chat um, in ways that I didn't do before that he didn't allow, you know, so mm. I've enjoyed that, but yeah, family and, and being together in the house, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's um, familiar yet new mm-hmm. in ways that we're doing this. So, oh, well, I'm excited for your house, Sandra. Very excited. Me too. <laughs> I can't your tile. Oh my gosh. I'm just uh, a little bit. Be, it's going to be like being on vacation for a while. <laughs> it's going to feel like that for a long time. I like we're it. in a, like we're in some, you know, wonderful Airbnb or something. It's going to take a while for it to feel like ours because it's so, right. it's just so beautiful. It's so special. And it's so been so funny to you. I'll just tell real quick, like yeah. picking out like paint color and all that kind of stuff. Like I just have never done that in my life. Like, you know, never really, even the house I owned with my ex-husband in um, the little town in, in, um, the hill country that we lived in, we didn't have any money to remodel it. So it was just like, we just kind of like, you know, moved in and kind of lived with it as it was. Um, so this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. And I don't know how you people do it, pick up paint colors and stuff, because I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, so like, I've not put a lot of thought into it. I'll tell right. you. So it is what it is. Like it's, um, like, yeah, that, that looks good. I've just been kind of going with my gut. Like, yeah, I think that that's, yeah, good. Yeah, that one. But like, as far as like weighing all the options, like painting swatches and all that, nope, hadn't done any of that. It's just like, yeah, that, yeah, that, that one looks great. <laughs> I think that's the best way to do it. Sandra. Okay, I, yeah, good. I hope that that's the it. way to do it then because- it's your intuition. Yeah, that's all it is. Just going with my gut here. And, you know, maybe we'll get a year in and I'll have some regret. I don't know. But, you know, the thing about paint color, I guess you can always repaint, right? I once painted my bathroom a lavender, which is so not me. But when I lived, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, we bought our first house. And uh, we just painted over it. (laughs) Yeah. We, We saw it after the weekend. We came in after the painters came in and we're like, so we need to go look for a different color. <laughs> we, we got this one wrong out of the whole house. This is the one we got wrong. So yeah, it can be painted over. You're right. All right. Good. Um, okay. So I'm looking at our time. I'm going to kind yeah. of a little quickly. Um, family for me, uh, Steve moved out at the beginning of May. I know you've heard this a lot. Um, Steve moved out at the beginning of May. He has his own apartment. So I'm living here at the house with Grady. And I have to say, it's been really lovely. The energy 
um, feels good. It feels, uh, that's where I'll, I'll put a period at the end of that. It feels good. And something that happened recently was that Grady asked for a schedule. Um, mm, that we mm-hmm. could have some kind of a schedule for him. So he knew where he was at. He's 17, you know, he's going to be a senior. He's still a kid. And he, he's been learning um, some kind of, they call them executive functioning skills, you know, calendaring and scheduling and lists. And so he, and advocating for himself is also what he's learning. And so he, he came to us and just said, Hey, I kind of want to know where I'm going to be at. And school just got out. So we kind of were going to revisit, we were going to visit the topic. So that was kind of nice to have this conversation. And we had a family dinner on Sunday and uh, kind of praised his report card. He thrived in a uh, shelter at home and doing virtual school. I had, mm-hmm. we were worried that he would not. Mm-hmm. And we were very surprised and he was very proud of himself. So oh, great. that was good. And I called a divorce mediation attorney yesterday, which was kind of weird. Uh, Steve and I are on good terms and I talked to him about it at our family meeting, you know, after Grady had left and, and I had a friend that used this mediator and said it was really black and white and kind of, you know, low maintenance and just kind of the person would handle everything and we'd just get it done. So Steve and I talked about that and that's in the works. So that kind of felt weird yesterday, I have to say, Mm -hmm. um, felt real, felt really real. So yeah, that's moving forward. And what was the last thing? I think that's it for now that I want to share on the air. Um, yeah, family feels, it actually feels good. good. I've finally gotten to this place after, you know, 12 years of couples therapy. I know some people could look at that and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> but we have come to the realization that we needed all those years to get us to this point. And so that we can have an amicable split. Mm-hmm. Um, learned a lot about each other. And we both know that it's not to be for us, but that we are still going to be linked because of our son. Mm-hmm. And we want to do that in the best way possible for him. And I've been really honest with my son lately and direct and in ways that not that I, I don't know how to say it other than um, I think I thought I was protecting him because of his age and staying together felt like the goal. And after kind of reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, I was like, I'm not doing him any favors by suppressing my emotions, suppressing a harder truth. Right. Suppressing, um, you know, to not see your parents be um, physically affectionate towards one another. Right. It's going to leave a mark on him too. And I I think I stayed in this for so long. um, I can't speak for my husband, but I I think we're on the same page is that we just really thought we were doing the best thing to keep our family intact. Right. And I, I don't have a regret that that's how it went, Sandra, but I do, I am feeling differently about that. Um, just the energy of all of us together now and apart and having these separate homes just for a month and a half has felt so much better. So yeah, family and um, home are just this big thing that is in flux right now, but it still feels okay. Mm, Yeah. Again, it's just, um, 
it's how I'm approaching it and accepting what is like, this is what's happening in my life and I can handle it. Yeah. I can handle it. All right. We've gone. I know we're just chat, chat, chat. Do you want to do three quick tools like for the toolbox? Yeah. I can do three quick tools. Okay. What do you uh, have in your sobriety or creativity toolbox right now to share? You want me just listeners? to go boom, boom, boom? Do boom, boom, boom. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. Uh, uh, books. <sighs> yes. Mm-hmm. I am like devouring books right now. Um, books on anti-racism. I had, before um, the protest started, I had got, bought a bunch of books about goddesses and, um, female worship and divinity, female divinity. And like, I'm, I'm deep diving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. So books, uh, swimming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's just, it's saving me right now. And I'm sure that we could go back through the beginning of summer podcasts <laughs> throughout the years. And I would say that swimming is one of my big tools in my toolbox. Um, and then I think lastly would be this, the 16 step work is, is really um, been a good tool, a, a new and exciting tool for me right now. Um, so that's it. Very cool. Uh, okay. So for me, 12 step meetings, they're my number one right now. It's really been helpful. Uh, and if you're not, I'm not promoting 12 step meetings, but this is a really great time. If you've ever been curious to jump on a zoom call and be anonymous and not be seen if you don't want to be, you know what I mean? Like you can just listen. So I just feel like this is a really, um, this is an awesome time for that. If you're ever kind of curious about it. Um, my second tool has been keeping a logbook, my logbook every day in my little moleskin journal and writing down, I write down little nuggets of things that are said in meetings and I just love it. I look at the little, uh, it's in, usually in the left-hand column. I'll just write down the day of the quarantine that we're in and I'll just write down little pearls of wisdom that I hear from others. And that's just been my favorite. Like I said, I'm leaving my logbook open and kind of going back to the reading for the day. Um, and what other people have said that kind of resonated with me that stuck out. So my logbook, I carry it with me everywhere. It's a, it's a great um, mm-hmm. tool for me. And then the third thing, uh, again, this is going to be a little bit like broken record stuff, but uh, daily gratitudes. I've been doing one every, a list every day and it really kind of helps to shift my perspective and my perception of my life. So keeping a gratitude list. All right. Good. We did it. We did it. We caught up. Caught up. And we're not sure what our plan is for this summer. You and I are going to figure that out. Um, I know that we want to reach out in some way to um, people of color, Black, Indigenous, uh, women um, in recovery that um, want to share their story on our show. Um, we need to figure out how to do a call for that and see if anybody um, would like to do that. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah. don't, we don't have a, we don't, we're not formulaic on this show. Like everything is organic and kind of what we're interested in and who we're talking to. So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with this. Right, Sandra? Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. We have lots of, of avenues to explore too. We've mm-hmm. got, we might go hit back our, you know, women in our secret and ruffle Facebook group. We still have women there that, had expressed interest in coming on the show so we can 
tap it back into them too. Um, and yeah, just keep, we're just going to keep going. Yeah. And (laughs) you aren't tired of us because we're just going to keep, keep going. Yeah. And one thing to mention, um, that maybe we should have been one of my tools is we've been having a weekly get unruffled zoom call with our listeners every Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 Central, 12 Eastern, and it's free, and it's for an hour, and um, we're just sharing. Sandra and I should kind of share at the top of the hour like we do here on the show, and then we open it up to anybody that wants to talk about anything, um, what's going on in the world, um, the pandemic, um, sobriety especially, creativity if you want, um, social justice issues if you want, like whatever, whatever for that hour, it's, the floor is open. So to get information in the link on that, you just need to ask us to join our secret Facebook group on Facebook and we will add you and you will have the link and you'll get all the information there. Yes. All right, Sandra, have a great day. Good to talk to you and catch up. Good to talk to you. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.